Can you hear me, Daddy? Gumbo here today. Want to welcome all of our listening audience all across the world here. Want to thank you for making this popping a reality. Want to thank all of our folks and man, appreciate you for this continuing support here today. We have a special guest, Kyle Ketter, Kettler, excuse me, and man, representing here in Houston, uh, man, an insurance guru, but most important, an insurance guy and everything else so man kyle how you doing this morning my man oh living the dream dedrick living the dream oh how are y'all today? man man kyle man i want to send some special shout outs to all my folks kyle tell everybody where you originally from my man oh louisiana the boots down south <laughs> we are from uh we have been uh me and my wife are from uh jennings louisiana so we uh moved over here about six years ago and uh been loving it ever since you know, we just celebrated Mardi Gras. They don't understand that Mardi Gras life, man. <laughs> you know, I got to throw some side of at you, man. <laughs> oh, man. They don't know about that side of huh, Kyle? Yeah, that's right. I think we're having some. Uh, let me turn off the. Uh, there we go. I think we're having some uh, audio issues on my side. Sorry about that. Kyle. Uh, Kyle, what you say, my man, for us, man? What did I was saying? They don't understand that Zodigo, man. So tell them what Zodigo means, man. Oh, man, it's the best music in the world. You know, I play uh, I play it for the people that Why come to the office. Why you say man? Talk to me, man. Because, because it gets people moving that have never danced before. And it's the fun of <laughs> thing. It is. It is. You, you see 90-year-old you see people who are moving around on canes, but when you turn man. on Zodigo, you see them hit the floor. It's a whole new person. Man, you know, people don't understand that, man. Uh, it is it is crazy, man. My man, my in my 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 previous marriage, man. Uh, my uh, pop, his name is uh, Leroy Carmier, man. One of the greatest men, man, I've met in my life, man. Um, I'm a true Leo man, uh, born the same day of President Obama, and uh, man, it was character, man. That man right there, pop, man. I when I first met pop, pop had to be, um, uh, and everybody call him Pop, you know, because he's there by the grandfather, great grandfather, grandfather, uh, great grandfather of my son, and which was a blessing for him the opportunity to see a great grandfather and, and experience right. everyday life with him. Man, this cat, man, had to be in the probably in his late 70s. And man, when this dude jumped on the dance floor, man, he acted like he was 22. I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> flowing. I mean, when I mean flowing, Flowing. So, if you don't understand Zydeco, Zydeco is a is a is a a upgraded version of traditional Cajun music. So, Cajun music yes. comes from the Cadianians up in Canada and come down south through the Vermilion River. The Vermilion River starts in Minnesota. It, it parallels the Mississippi River. It's almost like a tributary uh, outlet from the Mississippi River all the way from Minnesota, all the way down to South Louisiana. And it was freaky. Uh, one day I got lost in Minnesota, man, and I ran into the Vermilion River. I thought I had a, I thought I hit a time lapse. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. What, what you about to say, Kyle, man? 
Oh, nothing. I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, I'm I laughing. mean, it was crazy. And I'm like, man, wait, 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 wait. And I had to kind of Google it on my phone, pulled over. I said, oh, yeah, the Vermilion River starts way up in Minnesota. Okay, cool. That's where the Katie, the Katie, Katie came all the way down from Canada, all the way down to South Louisiana, you know, from French Canada. And so, um, and so with Zydeco, if you know, if you pull it, Zydeco had an African flair. A Creole flag, not really come directly from Africa, the nations in Africa. It came from the West Indies, Haitian, Dominican, um, of course, in the countries in the West Indies. So give you a little uh, black history moment that all black folks did not come directly from Africa, from the slave trade in the beginning of time. Um, a lot of them settled in other nations that were actually going to some type of some with slavery or sharecropping in the West Indies, Central and South America that settled in Louisiana. And as they came to Louisiana, a lot of them was traded in Jackson Square. Some folks were free slaves or free individuals who owned their own land and raised their own uh, you know, crops, if it's the sugar cane, uh, if it's the rice fields and Jennings, where, you know, where Kyle, where you're from, and all over. So there's a lot of rich history in South Louisiana for all different cultures. And um, and some good genealogy and some good historical research, if you bored out of your mind and to understand the significant impact on commerce, as it is in Louisiana, how, you know, uh, all folks, all walks of life try to make some paper back in the days in the 17, 18, and early 1900s um, our time. So, man, Kyle, I want to welcome you here to Everybody Doesn't Eat Everyone's Gumbo. So, Kyle, you got to hit me, man. Tell me about the story that you had well, gumbo. And I mean, for... for you ref wait, let me say yeah, this. Let me say this to you, Kyle. Legal that disclaimer. Legal disclaimer here. There's no better gumbo than my mother-in-law's gumbo. I'm saying it now. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold, Kyle. Stop. You, <laughs> you said who? I, my mother-in-law. You, you know, I, I got, I got to play. I got to play that one card down. She meant when it comes to chicken and sausage gumbo, every time she lays it down. So, oh, it's so good. Um, now, oh, I thought you were about to say something bad about your mother-in-law gumbo, but you must really don't. Oh live no, no, that's I had to clear that up in case you know, she thought so. In case she thought somebody else's gumbo was beating hers, you know, just, just for the record, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, everybody, everybody out there, if you haven't had gumbo, don't you're missing it. You're not living your best life. You need to go get it. Um, grew up from South Louisiana. Growing up, my mother made seafood gumbo. All every every winter, every winter, a giant pot, massive crab legs coming out every time. Such a good food, but it brings the whole house, the whole family together. You if you want if you want to see your cousins and your family and everybody, cook a pot of gumbo and cook a big pot of gumbo. It'll bring them all together. Yeah, man, you know, it, it, you it, had a pot of gumbo. Have you had a bowl of gumbo? And you you had a WTF moment in your life, man. <laughs> So, I have had some bad gumbo, and that happened the first time we had gumbo here in Texas, and that's when I figured out that ain't that right, man. That ain't right. Texas, <laughs> I, I know, I know. Well, you know, it was it was the first time that I knew that people in Texas had really a lot of them have never actually had good gumbo, you know. So the, my WTF moment was I was eating a gumbo. And then we bit into it, and uh, you know, you pulled out the uh, the hot dog wiener from the pot. And uh, I'm not gonna say what uh, who made it or anything, but there were hot dog wieners in the bottom of the pot of the gumbo, 
and it was at a gumbo cook-off. That's all I'm saying, okay? <laughs> so that was my WTF moment for gumbo. Never Dude, seen it other than that in my life. Dude, I, I'm yeah. going to make this public service announcement to all of our listening audience. I don't understand. Please, please do not put wieners in your gumbo. It, it is not sausage. It is not sausage. Thank you. It is not. Yes. I, I don't know who yeah, came yeah. up with this wieners. It's like, spell yeah. boudin. Boudin doesn't have an A in it. Okay? Right. Take the A out. Okay? Boudin is B-O-U-D-I-N. Yeah. Gumbo right. does not include wieners. Okay? Sausage yeah. has to be smoked. Not even fresh sausage. Put smoke sausage, okay? Mm. You know, I mean, and I, I and again, I know some people make gumbo, and, and like I said in my previous broadcast, Kyle, that everybody doesn't make gumbo the same, you know. So I'm a chicken and sausage lover, but I don't even like bones in my gumbo. I like boneless chicken breasts or chicken thighs and good beef sausage. Some people like alligator or deer or whatever sausage variation that they have, and and everybody makes it different. But man, it just Sometimes you get some gumbo that is stinky. Have you had a stinky pot of gumbo in your life, man? We did. When I was growing up, um, Preacher, he's actually got a podcast, Alden, um, on here. We did a children's <laughs> ministry. And uh, we we did a conference in Baton Rouge now. This is outside, down south boot Baton Rouge. And they had bananas in their gumbo pot. They would throw them in on the boil, and they would smell horrible, and they would fight over them. They would throw them in the boil and pull out the whole sack, the whole thing of bananas really? out of the boil. Really? I, I really? kid you not. I've never really? seen it before. This is the only place I've ever seen it. And, I, I mean, I gave them. I didn't even try it. it they smelled horrible. It was crawfish, and uh, we were all teenagers, and it smelled horrible. You know, but, I mean, That's there it is. Thing, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. a stank gumbo, man. I wanna, man. I wanna go into today's topic, man. Let's let's talk about this uh, presidential election, man. Um, I wanna talk about, you know, for as we coming up in the Democratic side, and of course, in in a few days next week, we going to Super Tuesday, uh, which is going to probably set the tone and makeup of the Democratic nominees. We know on the other side would on the Republican work and Republican end that Donald Trump, of course, will receive his party's nomination to represent the RNC. Uh, for as their nominee for president this re-election. So on the Democratic side, let's talk about, man, what is your thoughts on this last debate? Is it become a circus because of the, in my opinion, is that what happened four years ago with the Republicans and match up with, you know, during their nomination uh, four years ago. So what is your thoughts, man, on, man, the Democratic no uh, candidates that's running for office, your thoughts on these debates? Is it effective? And man, what do you think is the electorate? Not because it's not a popularity contest. It's a fifty-state election. Okay, what is your thoughts on that? And we'll man, we'll, we'll chop it on that. So, I do think it has become a circus, and not just on the Democratic side. I think on both sides, um, there's been a lot of wasted time and resources across the board. Uh, whether you like them or not, I'm a big believer in term limits. Um, I don't believe that any career politician that has been in office 20 plus years is going to do anything different than what they've done. And their track record shows that. So I, all these new promises, I mean, it, it's every time it's the same song and dance and it's the same thing. It's over and over again. There's no real issues being talked about here no real issues. It's all, you know, hurt feelings and 
false allegations, the entire impeachment process. I mean, I, I understand there's a lot of how people feel. I understand there's a lot of how the president talks is not acceptable. I get a lot of people say that from both sides of the party. But I really do think that uh, a lot of it's been just a big political show and no work is actually being done. And that's the real record of what they got elected for is what work were you actually doing? I get, you know, you spent the last two years trying to impeach someone and then that didn't do anything. So what did you do along with that? And, you know, I think uh, I think the Democrats are not going to win the election coming up. Um, I don't think there's one person there that's, you know, a strong enough leader to pull them all together to a to a, you know, to enough to where they could vote another party out. So because I mean, it's not a popularity. I mean, I mean, one of the reasons I disagree with that, you know, Kyle, is that what what are you looking for? The Messiah? I mean, I, I hear that these these pundits, you know, say, oh, you know, I think we, the Democrats need this one person that's going to come and, and drive and inspire. And man, dude, you don't have one Barack Obama in a lifetime. Okay. So, yeah, what, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, an example, that's very unrealistic, man. I mean, you know, that's that, that don't exist on a couple of times a lifetime. I mean, JFK, a Ronald Reagan. You know, I, I mean, I love W. W is funny to me, man. You know, I mean, W is cool. You know, he, yeah, he made some well, mistakes in decision making for the wards and everything else. But I mean, you cool, dude. OK, you all know, I'm saying is there's not enough time. That, that's that's what I'm saying is there's not enough time. There's not enough time for one person to come up and, and to all of them to quit. They won't quit fighting. There's not a there's not one person to pull them together. They're all trying to beat down the other person. They're not a, not a single one of them in any debate has ever said, man, he's got a great idea. You know, he, he would be somebody we'd consider for that. That's that's what I'm saying. There's no leadership. Carlos says, this is what there. They beating each other, but who created this? Go back four years ago when when you had, you know, Donald Trump in the game, you know, right. Ted Cruz, Jeb Bush, uh, Rick, uh, Rick, uh, Rick Sartorum came there, that dude name, butchering his name. Please give me Mr. Rick. All the rest of the characters on there beating each other up. Donald Trump set that tone of how political base go down. I mean, he's just a soldier. He beat you up. It's a show. And so the media, the mainstream media, now set the same tone that they feel the fact that, and it's more, and I'm not knocking my millennials. I know a lot of folks like to beat them up and everything else, but that's, that's people like entertainment. And people don't, it's like folks don't want, they want drama. They want reality TV. They want something exciting, UFC style. You know, let's see some controversy. Let's see how do you going to slander me, like you said earlier. And I think that's what's happening to politics is because we want feel good, but we want drama. Okay. Right. You know, but we don't want fat. Let's have an adult conversation about what do you think about immigration? What are your consideration about taxation? What's your what, what is your separation about capitalism? You know, and now we want to go to these feel good stuff. Well, I'm going to turn around and pay off your student loans and, and we're going to tax the rich and, and we want 25% of your fix and flip money going back to the government. We want all these things. But it doesn't make sense because at the end of the day, Kyle, answer this question. Who approves anything in this country? Because I didn't realize we're in an aristocratic environment where that we have a ruler that say, hey, if I say this, it's going to happen. I thought it goes to Congress and all 50 states, state legislature. I, does it work like that? Or it's, I, I was so wrong. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. 
Correct. I'm well, sorry? it's supposed to, okay. but uh, it is supposed to, <laughs> no doubt about it. But but then as you as we ran into the same thing, you know, I don't know how much you follow uh, Dan Crenshaw, but uh, he pulled up the uh, the congressional budget meeting the other day, and they didn't even turn in a budget to approve. So I, you know, that's we, they run into issues like that where Congress did not even turn in a budget to get approved. I, that's what I, that's where I keep coming back is they're not doing anything in there. Everything is just running last minute. I mean, they constantly have to wait to the last minute to see if they're going to renew the FEMA flood program. Why is that a last minute thing? You know, why is that even being brought back up? Yeah. I mean, we're going to get rid of flood insurance. Yeah. Right. Okay. But hold I tight mean, on, hold, hold tight right. on, man. That's what I'm about to jump into today. Oh. And as a, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought this up. The FEMA situation with the FEMA maps is, it, it's almost like we Congress so focused on things that sounds good on TV, uh, but the issues that affect real American people. Like I give an example, you know, rules need to be changed with the consumer financial protection laws. That needs to be changed because I think it's too much handholding, um, like insurance. I mean, we, which you know, Kyle Kyle Kettler is represent Crossbridge Insurance here, based here in Houston, and and you know, he's our special guest here today, and um, and talks about right now what FEMA maps have changed all across the USA, and we have this big misconception about what is private flood insurance what is covered by the nfnip and i'll let you cover what that means shortly and also too right. if I'm in flood zone do i need flood insurance i'm not in flood zone and i don't care wherever you are in the united states you're prone to flooding okay that's my opinion but you know you're the expert so you can elaborate on that but man explain right now why every year congress always waits to the last second to talk about flood insurance explain that because enough people don't buy it. If everybody would buy flood insurance, there wouldn't be anything to vote on. There'd be enough money. There wouldn't be enough. Uh, there would be enough money to go into the program each year, and it wouldn't be a constant drain. Because if you look at a Zone X property for a, a max policy for a preferred risk policy, is five hundred and eight dollars. If they flood out and it's a total loss, they're going to receive three hundred and fifty thousand dollars minus twenty five hundred dollars in total deductible. That's a lot of money you're going to get paid for only, you know, putting out $508 for the year. So that's, and that's where we come into. It's so affordable, but so many people don't buy it because they, they live under the understanding is, oh, I don't live in a floodplain. And then we end up in the situations, you know, after Harvey and the tax day flood, you have all these people around Houston who now have SBA loans instead of having a flood insurance policy that was $500. Yes, sir. So and that's the truth of the situation is what we run into is a lot of the people, you know, they're not buying the flood insurance on a, on a cost. I get it's an extra three or $400 in the past is what it's been. But when you have your average claim in a flood of $98,000, that's the average flood claim. I have several clients that have lost everything multiple times. And flood insurance is the only thing that keeps them together. It's one of those things If everybody would buy it, it would be a few hundred dollars for the nation. Everybody needs to get it because everybody has family and friends that have flooded. And now what do they hear? Oh, how unaffordable the flood insurance is. How about all the people that gain close to flooding but they still don't buy the flood insurance? It would reduce the number for everybody. It really would. So... 
and, and Kyle, you made an excellent point, and I'll share this our listening audience that, you know, keep in mind that flood maps across the country change. Okay, and so you have the thousand, five hundred, hundred year flood maps. And now if you live along a tributary, a creek, a river, any type of mass, even a canal, body of mass of water, I don't care where you live across the country. And I've been all over this nation that there are always some drain, stormwater drainage in your backyard or you have a close proximity to it. And the maps, your every area has an opportunity to flood out your neighborhood. You may never flood before and you may see water creep on your street and creep in your house. You're like, where is that coming from? Because it happens. The corporate engineers, the city planners, they make some hard decisions and some non-political decisions, sometimes maybe political, to say, hey, we're going to flood this area in order to save this, in order to drain this water out. And so just because you didn't flood and you never flood, you always have an opportunity to be flooded. Correct. Correct. Twenty six percent of all flood zones uh, are all flood claims each year in zone X. That's the one in 500 year floodplain. That's a that's a lot of floods that are happening and that a lot of people don't even have flood insurance. So we're still running across maybe one or two out of 10 people are still buying flood insurance. They want to. But that's that's about the average. We're having to. We're having to explain the other side of that as these new home buyers come across and they're, they're just, they're flat out, oh, well, it doesn't flood here. You don't know that. <laughs> you, you know, you didn't pull the FEMA history. You don't know how close you are and you don't know how much concrete that they've poured further north of you. That's the other problem is they're not going to stop building and it's got to go somewhere. So, and, 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 Kyle, and, and so I want and Kyle, well, my question is to you for when people shop for insurance and and you know and flood insurance, even a current homeowner policy and everything else, what can because people are all about savings, you know, because people insurance they think they feel this drawing money away until when they need it. <laughs> when a claim right. takes place, what are some cost savings and my most cost savings, but effective coverages that people need to be aware of in order to when an adjuster comes out and look at property and look at damage, they can say, hey, is a not said a guaranteed disbursement, but the likelihood of good disbursement that they can use it to, in order to restore it back to where it was the day before the massive event. What are some strategies that you can share with people that makes sense? So I always say use the technology that's in your hand, and that is your phone. Walk around, turn around, take some pictures, take a video, walk through your house. If you get something new and send it on the cloud, that way if you do lose everything in a flood or a fire, you have proof of everything. Because when you go through a claim, we have a replacement cost estimator for the structure of the house. And it's super accurate. That's typically not a problem at full replacement cost. Where you get into some issues on claims is when you have someone uh, and they have a lot of items and they don't have any proof of these items, but they want to claim them and they probably had the items, but it was a fire. So, you know, if you have to claim all your items, you're going to want to have proof of what you had because you have to put in a list down and they send out through a program called Xactimate and it gives you an actual market value of that item. If it's replacement costs on the contents and the TVs a few years old, they look it up and they send in, uh, you know, the amount of money for the new similar model TV. That's typically how it goes minus your deductible. The, the proof, the video proof and the video evidence makes it so much easier to file the claim to go through everything because you're going to have all those things that, yeah, you know you have them, but are you going to remember to put them on your list? 
and things add up and you want to make sure you get the most money you can because you've paid to insure it, you know? Man, you couldn't say it any better. And, you know, and that's when, you know, we have to depend on subject matter experts, you know, agents. Man, these agents, they're trained, they're licensed, so they're subject matter experts. And, yeah, I know it's great to have conversations with cousins and friends and buddies who think they know, but everybody's policy is totally different. Everybody's crafted totally different. You have one policy, maybe get in just to get qualified for the mortgage, but never go back and make the changes. You know, you sit there every year and policies goes up. And, you know, and talk to talk about claims, talk about why all of a sudden my policy go from nine hundred dollars a year to fifteen hundred dollars. What created an increase? What are the probability and how that you could shop around? And is it best for me to go to the people I see on TV all day long and advertisers all day long? Or do I go to the independent agencies? And what is those, the differences of an independent agent and the folks we hear every 20 seconds? I get a commercial on TV, online, on every media <laughs> source and outlet out there. Their, their money, their money is where their loyal is. And if they're not spending their money on anything else and advertising that one brand, that's where they're going to be loyal to. So if you go with a captive agent, it's really hard for them to say that, hey, this is the absolute best thing in the market for you because they only have that one product. And that, that's, that's where you always go with a broker. You know, I mean, it's just it's the best option. That's why you do what you do. And that's why I do what I do. It's the best option for your client. And you can honestly say that you did the best job that was absolutely possible to do for your client when you go the broker route. If you're going the captive route, yeah, you're going to get whatever the captive product has to offer, and that's it. There's no customizing that. And that's, you know, like it brings it up, it all starts off with having the correct policy. Everybody's got a different credit score. Everybody's got a different claim history. Everybody's got a different address and a zip code. Everybody makes a different gumbo every single time. So the, what, what is good for, you know, the, the Fontenot's is not going to be good for the Comos. And that's just how it is. And that's why we shop them with over 30 companies. We shop them every time, every renewal. We make sure they're getting the best quality coverage with the lowest deductible every time. So, man, Kyle, uh, man, I want to man give everybody an opportunity to reach out to you. Kyle, man, what is the man the contact number, email address, the best way to reach out to you for insurance needs, questions, thoughts, concerns, and just to provide that true subjectmatic knowledge to all, man, because. I don't care if you live in life, you got some type of insurance on you. Kyle, provide That's everybody right. your phone number and your best contact to reach out to you. That's right. My email is Kyle at crossbridgeins.com. My cell phone is 281-736-0453. Call or text it. I do not believe in 1-800 numbers. In a claim, call me. I will get back with you. Um, I know y'all, everybody in a situation does not want to talk to a 1-800 number and I feel the same way. So if something's going wrong, that's why my personal cell phone's on my business card. Um, it, that, that's what we push here. We, we push the custom uh, customer experience. Everybody gets a cell phone. Everybody gets uh, the personal email. All that's responded to the same day. And that's what we push for every single time. So, man, I, yes. Kyle, I man, personally, thank you, uh, man, for supporting, man, I'm almost majority of uh, my clients. I mean, you know, I have clients that go and try to shop and, 
and, and, and get a better quote. But what I hear, man, from clients that tell me is that, that man, this guy explains it. You know, Kyle explains what is the purpose? What is, you know, dwelling coverage? What is this coverage here? Man? And I think a lot of times that we are we, we just assume that all customers know they can just Google it, ask their cousin and then right. bought a house a couple weeks ago. And that's going to give them the information knowledge. No, ask the question. You as a consumer, we, you know, Kyle does not run a call center based institution. It's not a call center. This is right. personal relationship. This is old school where you know, this is where your mom and dad and your grandparents had that insurance agent that answered the questions that dealt with the issues that lies when you have insurance coverage. Because me, I don't know nothing about insurance. I'm not going to lie to you. That's why you make a phone call. You get to know people well, who does. I don't know anything about mortgages. That's why I'd call you. You know, I mean, I, I try and stay in my language as much as possible, you know? So. Oh, man. And I, trust me, I don't even want to know about you. So that's too much information. I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm about to hit, you know, I'm in the second half of my life. You know, I call it the second half. It's that third quarter. And that third right. quarter is peace, man. You know, I don't know if you, you see, you ain't there yet, man. When you hit that third quarter, I don't care if you play football. You in a and you in the second half on basketball, third period, or even third period of school. I did not never like my third class a day from from middle <laughs> elementary, middle high school, even in college. It's something about that third quarter, man. It sneaks up you. Is the it, that's what determined the game. That's how the Saints lost a couple years ago. Is because of the fact that it had nothing to do with that pass interference. They lost that game in the third quarter. So explain to me, man. You know, and that, and I'm bringing up sports today. You know, and I want to talk about the Astros, man. Um, yeah, I don't know if you, 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 you and Jennings. You know, the closest Major League Baseball team was less than an hour and a half away from your house, from the Astrodome. From the Astrodome, straight on I-10. You take the 610 South exit. And cross over the big hump, the big bridge of the chip channel, and you exit off a of curvy. You was at the Astrodome. I don't know. Did you, you know, were you an Astros kid growing up back in the day and you fell in love with Nolan Ron and everybody else back in the day as a kid growing up in Jennings? So I I went, started going when they built Minute Maid Park, and I was, man, probably 12, 13 years old. Our coach in Louisiana, me and him are good friends. And they would get uh, free tickets and different deals to different events, and they would all end up swapping. And we would end up going over here and uh, watching the game. Sometimes allegedly scalping tickets, sometimes not. You know, uh, depends on what our plans were. Because you know, it was a bunch of guys. We didn't plan anything out. So, uh, yeah. But we would come over here and we would watch the Braves play. Uh, big time Maddox fan. Uh, but I, I'm a I'm a huge Astros fan. Um, I, you know, uh, the whole recent nonsense that went on, I hear everybody's point of view. I don't think there's anything that you can do about it. You know, it is what it is. Um, it, it's well, a tarnish you can't, you can't on the reputation. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold, Kyle. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Now, you know? we're going we're gonna to have a problem today. <laughs> Kyle, okay. I'm going to tell you this, Kyle. And I want you to give me a real clear. Okay. I'm about to go straight Stephen A. Smith. Okay. You can, you can, you can steal every sign in the world. I don't care if you have a video of me as a pitching coach or as a manager. I call signs. I've been coaching baseball for years and I play the game. I can I call signs from from the third base um, box, third base uh, box, you know, and calling signs to uh, my batter, 
on what the what the you know on his on his batting on what what the bat if we're gonna butt we're gonna swing right. for the fence or we're gonna hit location. When I call him pitches to the pitcher, when I'm sitting on my bucket or my chair, I like to sit on a bucket. And I love Academy Sports. They have the best bucket to sit on. And I'm sitting there calling signs. You can steal those, but guess what? You still gotta apply. You know, saying you know hand and eye carnation and you got to have the mental toughness to play baseball so as a fan fans hear me clear it doesn't matter you can see all the signs in the world you still got to apply it doesn't even give you edge because you got to overthink it so still signing and i don't know why people have problems still signing and the guys i'm not an astros fan so i'm gonna make it a lot of i love my la dodgers and that was probably the best series that oh, yeah, man ever created when the dodgers and astros win a war. And I'm going to tell you something, Kyle, and I'm first to admit, there was some nights man, I turned off the TV and watched, life, watched the Hallmark Channel because mentally I couldn't take it. I didn't have the mental toughness to watch that series. So if it took the Astros to try to steal some signs to make it work, guess what? I celebrated them because that series was too tough. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. And so stealing signs does not make you a better baseball team. It doesn't because the game is so sophisticated and it's so it's so mind-boggling that you gotta have the mental toughness and the and the mental stamina to compete. So fans, get over it. The Astros was a stacked team. You know, a hundred percent get over it. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, like it, it's got a. There's been so much attention grabbed to it. It's gonna kind of tarnish the reputation for the people that aren't fans of the Astros. And that, that's where I'm going with it is, who cares? They weren't the fans in the first place. You know, get over it. I mean, yeah. So, and that's what I'm saying. It, it, that things like this will forever happen as long as we pay sports and professional athletes the amount of money they get paid. You know, I mean, bottom line, anything to get the win. So, well, well yeah. you know, they have a good manager. You know, Dusty Baker, man, I've been following him for years, man. And then we, you know, we coached the Cubs and he coached Nationals, man. You know, um, the organization made a great, great pick and pick a, a manager who ain't going to take no mess. I mean, he's right. a no-nonsense guy. And like he already told, he, he, he didn't tell this to Major League Baseball. He told all the teams, you mess with our boys, you throw that rock and try to hit us, we're coming after you. And I'm going to tell you this, and I'm not an Astros fan. I'm not a homer. I don't support the Texans. I don't support the Rockets. <laughs> I don't support. I am not a Houston hater, but I'm telling you, I'm not a homer. But I tell you this, I want the Astros to go all the way. I want them to set the records. I want. I know they're gonna have everybody gonna give them cups at three o'clock in the morning, knock on their door. Uh, trust me, they're gonna Major League Baseball gonna come at that team with a vengeance. But those boys that's in that clubhouse, I want them to have that Mambo mentality, man. You know what I'm saying? To bring it. And like like what Shaq said by Kobe the other day, man, that was smooth. And I'm going to use that. Yeah, there's no I in team, but there's M-A-E and mother, you know what. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, bring it, man. So, my question to you, man, as we close off this broadcast, you know, is, man, what drives you as a person, man? What makes you, Kyle, man, what makes you get up every single day and, man, to enjoy and go to this journey called life? And, and man, and man, you've gone through many, man, challenges, but most, most important, you have many successes, man. I mean, you went through, man, a massive weight loss, man, Um, and like myself, man, you know, 
um, and we let the pounds go. We we, right. we turn our life, man, because you know we come from where we got good food. Uh, we work hard. We stress a lot, man, and we pull up weight, you know. And and we both, man, lost it, man. We you know we probably both shared about five hundred pounds together, you know. That's it. Uh, and man, you know, and and during that course of journey, it's a journey, man. And 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 my and I know it is a long winded question, but my I'm a I'm gonna break it down in a couple words, man. Man, how do you enjoy life, man? I love life, and that and that's keeping the love of life is uh, whatever you're doing has to align. Everything's got to align with what you want to do in your life, and I say that as in. You know, like insurance is insurance. You can you can rebrand it. You can do it. It's still insurance at the end of the day. So what are you selling insurance for? What what is my business and all that? So we have certain uh, organizations as Crossbridge grows that we set up in a certain uh, percentage of every policy um, goes to these organizations. These are locally uh, funded organizations that are not ran by us at all. Totally third party, and, and that's what we're saying. We're working to do things to directly impact our community at home. You can buy products from anybody out there. Geico's money is not going to send any funding to help stop slave, sex slave trafficking here in Houston. Doesn't happen. And that's what I'm talking about. It is local. When you buy local and you go through local, you get connected with people that are local and you get to help out your local community. So that, that's how we stay motivated and driven is everything we do local and driven for the better of our community right here man kyle man oh man you could have said in the better man and that's one of the things about the journey of life is how you persevere how you overcome diversity and allow lot not to allow your identity to be encompassed about what happens on yesterday's pain and suffering because that pain and suffering is the law to allow to have the mental toughness to overcome and appreciate the blessings that will come in your life today tomorrow and beyond Man, man, this is the man. I want to thank you, Kyle, for making this possible. Kyle, man, you're more than welcome to be back here, and you're more than welcome to be a recurring guest here on Everybody Doesn't Eat Everyone's Gumbo. Kyle, thank you so much for us and your family. Man, man Crossbrick Insurance is the insurance, man, platform to go with. Give him a call. Kyle, shoot that number back to everybody again. 281-736-0453. Man, Kyle, man, much thanks to you, man. If you want to close out to everyone, thank you for supporting. Everybody doesn't eat everyone's gumbo. Man, much love to everyone. Peace, joy, love, and happiness. Thank you, and have a great and blessed day.